the show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to this beautiful Thursday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. So much to talk about. Uh, let, Let me hit a few bullet points as we get into the conversation pieces today from uh, Washington, D.C. Apparently, today is Transgender Day of Visibility. Uh, Apparently, President Biden last year uh, first recognized that. White House said today, transgender people are some of the bravest people in our nation. Hmm. But nobody should have to be brave just to be themselves. So that profundity uh, coming out of Washington, D.C. this morning. A little closer to home here, Modesto. City of Modesto, and I, we knew this was coming, right? City of Modesto encouraging residents to save water. Yep, the city tweeted a watering schedule yesterday that would last towards the end of October. And apparently this is uh, not mandatory yet. It's a recommendation. The city is saying that if your address in Modesto starts with an odd number, your watering days will be on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Even number addresses, you can water your lawns and plants on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. No watering is recommended on Mondays, and regardless of the day, watering is not recommended from noon to uh, 7 o'clock in the evening. So there you go. Uh, Modesto, there's a recommendation. We'll see that if if that becomes a mandate in the near future. As you know, I am uh, I am all for giving credit where credit is due, and I I I search for things that are positive, things that I believe are um, worthy of note. And as you know, as as a pastor, I am all for the church in general becoming more involved in its community, wherever that community may be. Getting outside the four walls. That's what caused me to join some business people and found Advancing Vibrant Communities back in 2002, 20 years ago, is we want to get people out of their homes, out of the four walls of their homes and their churches and their businesses to uh, engage the community in a positive way by serving. And so I'm always looking for these uh, uh, notes where I can say, you know, here's some applause. And and uh, the Mike Douglas Show applause today goes to the Diocese of Stockton, Apparently on, uh, was it yesterday, I believe, uh, at a church service in Stockton, there was a mass for victims of violence. The city, Stockton, it says, has suffered through 16 homicides this year, apparently. Uh, And uh, Mayor Kevin Lincoln says police have been adding patrols to the area. city has continued their work against uh, group and gang violence. But uh, kudos to the Diocese of Stockton for stepping up and uh, and having a mass to, uh, for those uh, victims of violence. Uh, highly encourage that type of community involvement. 
Let me go back to Modesto here for a second. Here's something that uh, we can talk about. Whether you live in Modesto or not, this is an interesting note. Modesto City Schools apparently have announced, at least according to uh, KCRA News, that they plan to spend nearly $15 million on 30 electric school buses to help save the environment and save money. The clean technology school buses will be identified by green bumpers. All right, so Modesto City Schools, uh, telling KCRA anyway, they plan to spend nearly $15 million on 30 electric school buses to help save the environment and save money. My question for you, is this a good way for Modesto City Schools to spend money right now? Uh, Look at the panoply of issues that face us in education. And this just crossed my desk. So I'm I'm thinking about this with you at the moment. Is, Is this a worthy, a valuable, a wise expenditure of education funds right now? $15 $15 million for 30 electric school buses to help save the environment. By the way, President Biden says we can all save money by buying electric, not electric buses, but electric vehicles. Here's what President Biden says about that. Under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. Okay, but you also have to figure in there what it costs to buy an electric vehicle. So coming back to, uh, we know what the buses cost in uh, for Modesto City Schools. Uh, 30 of them are going to cost $15 million. Do you think this is a, a wise and appropriate expenditure of uh, school funds? Our number here, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Talking about electric vehicles in general, according to bankrate.com here, On the low end, the 2022 Nissan Leaf starts at $27,400 if you want to buy a Nissan Leaf. If you choose to leaf that alone and you're looking for something uh, a a little more exotic, higher-end vehicle, the Tesla Model S, that starts at $94,990. So you can get your Tesla Model S for just about $95,000 if you want something a little more exotic. You may be wondering, because it occurs to me, where are all these electric batteries? Because they're special batteries that that go into these uh, electric vehicles. Where do they come from? Well, apparently they're manufactured by three companies uh, K-A-T-L in China. I'm sorry, C-A-T-L in China. That sounded like a radio station ID. C-A-T-L in China. LG in South Korea. I'm sure you're familiar with LG. And Panasonic in Japan. 
So China leads the world in refining the raw materials necessary to make these electric vehicle batteries. And uh, apparently it's uh, home to 93 lithium-ion battery factories. 93 lithium-ion battery factories uh, to provide batteries for these electric vehicles. Do you know how many we have in the United States of America, according to bankrate.com here? Mm. China has 93 lithium-ion battery factories. United States of America, we have four. Now, wouldn't you think that before we start to really push this, that we might have more factories, especially since the world uh, international political scene is, is heating up? And uh, China uh, blessed us with the uh, coronavirus. Seems to me that maybe before we start pushing all this, that we ought to be manufacturing our own uh, batteries. But, of course, that, that kind of goes against, doesn't it? Uh, where our administration uh, has been uh, in the one-plus years, it has uh, occupied the White House, beginning with doing away with the Keystone XL pipeline, um, a campaign against fossil fuels, both uh, from Washington, D.C. and California. Anyway, uh, by the, here's another stat you might be interested in regarding electric vehicles. In the decade between 2010 and 2020, the U.S. and China and Europe were the top electric vehicle producers. Do you know how... You know what percentage of electric vehicles worldwide the United States produced? About 20%. China produced about 44%. And Europe, just a little bit ahead of us, uh, producing around 25%. So we're relying upon, again, foreign, um, foreign folks to produce the vehicles that we're pushing so hard. I don't find this. But one encouraging thing, and and as I said, I am all for noting good things when they happen. And I, I applaud Governor Gavin Newsom for this. On Tuesday, Governor Gavin Newsom blocked parole for Leslie Van Houten, the Charles Manson uh, follower, in reversing a panel's recommendation that she be freed after spending 50 years in prison. She's currently 72. Uh, Governor noted currently uh, she poses an unreasonable danger to society if released. And you remember the story. Van Houten is serving a life sentence for helping Charles Manson and others kill uh, L.A. grocer Lino LaBianca and his wife Rosemary back in August of 1969. Van Houten was 19 at the time. And uh, so I applaud Governor Gavin Newsom for that. Again, I believe in giving where credit where credit is due. And so thank you, Governor, for keeping Leslie Van Houten behind bars. We're going to take your calls in just a few moments. Before the, we do that, uh, <laughs> want to talk about putting your house in order. Lori and I have learned how important it is to have your house in order no matter what age you are. And here's my recommendation for a start to that. The law office of Borton Petrini wants to help you save money and time. 
and hassle when you start planning your future. And we need to do that, my friends. Believe me, been through the process. You can protect your estate for your loved ones to enjoy. You want to do that so the government doesn't take it all. So join Borton Petrini tomorrow, that's Friday, tomorrow, Friday, April 1st at 5.30 p.m. They're having a free estate planning seminar sem- seminar, seminar right here in Modesto. You can learn how easy it is to set up a trust, and this is the biggie, avoid probate. You want to avoid probate like the plague or the pandemic. So reserve your seat to this free estate planning seminar. Call now, 209-576-1701. Only about five seats are available still. 209-576-1701. That's Borton Petrini, and that's uh, coming up tomorrow at 530. The phone number again, 209-576-1701. We'll go to the phones. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes. Here on Power Talk 1360-KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Now, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, Modesto City Schools, telling KCRA News that they're about to uh, spend nearly $15 million on 30 electric school buses. And uh, added to that, President Biden uh, saying, listen, uh, this is a good deal. You can save 80 bucks a month by having a uh, an electric vehicle. So there we go. Let's see what you think about all that in terms of electric vehicles and the batteries and such. Our telephone number 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. We're going to welcome Robert from Salida. Robert, uh, what do you think about electric vehicles and batteries? Does, does that give you great comfort or not? Yes, sir. I saw that on the news last night, and I was a little fit to be tied. But please don't forget to ask me what I think about your attaboys for Gavin Newsom at the end of this conversation, please, because I totally disagree. Okay. But first of all, no, my sewer bill is going to be going up in the next month by 2%. And I, I'm 69 years old. I was a diesel mechanic for 40 years. I rode a bus to school. I've never had a health issue at all. And as far as a $15 million being wasted— that's just the Democrats throw more money. This state is destroyed by the Democratic Party. And as far as the comment to Attaboy for Gavin Newsom, for a 72-year-old lady getting out of jail, he doesn't deserve any Attaboys for anything he's done to this state. That's my opinion. Well, okay. I'll note that, Robert. Uh, duly noted. Duly noted. Thank uh, you for your program. Yeah, well, listen, thanks for, thanks for listening to it. Appreciate you being out there, Robert, and uh, calling in and giving us your perspective. So you were uh, you were a diesel mechanic, right? All right, buddy. But, uh, you were a diesel mechanic? Yes, for 40 years. Okay, what do you think, <clears throat> but since yes, we're sir. talking about all this, and you're an expert, we've got just a few minutes here, the, the new regulations regarding diesel engines and such that are coming down, what do you think that's going to do to the ind- trucking industry 
with all these new regulations, I mean, are people even going to be able to retrofit or are they going to have to buy all new diesel engines? Well, as you know, during the lockdown, uh, these truckers were not able to drive their trucks to go in and out of the ports in California because they couldn't, these trucks that came from out of state could not go into the ports because the supposed limitation of the uh, atmospheric um, pollution. So these poor truckers had to drive to the border of the state of California and transfer their loads to to the other states in the lower 48 to haul out of these ports. It's going to destroy our economy. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. I agree with you 100%. Robert, uh, just wanted to get, since you're a diesel mechanic, wanted to get your input on that. Thank you very much, sir, for calling in and uh, and giving well, us your opinions you as program, well. Thank you for your program, Mike. Thank you. Bye. All right, my friend. Take care. Robert from Salida say uh, this is ridiculous. The whole uh, the whole issue about electric vehicles and uh, talking about the diesel engines. And uh, Robert had a different thought than I did. I'm saying, well, Gavin Newsom, thanks for keeping uh, <laughs> a murderer in with a life sentence in in jail leslie van houten and robert saying that's not that's not much of a task mike uh that's a no-brainer so robert i i take your point i take your point on that uh let's go very quickly uh back to uh the phones and let's talk to colleen from central california colleen what are your thoughts about electric cars well, it's it's very personal to me. I am an 89-year-old, of course, senior citizen. I live on a very, <laughs> to say the least, a very limited income where groceries are about killing me as with other people. Mm-hmm. But in any case, there is no way that I could afford an elect- one of the electric cars. I drive a 1996 Honda Accord, which has been a very good car for me. However, I could not even afford to make small payments on a used car. So I live in a senior complex, lots of seniors here. Most could not afford an electric car. What are they going to do with us? Absolutely. That's my comment. Enjoy your programming every day so much. Well, thank you, Colleen. And 89 years old. Congratulations. And thank you for being a listener, (laughs) Colleen. Uh, So, uh, (laughs) Colleen making a a great point, and and it's one that I think is is right on the money. How are we going to afford this? How in the world are we going to afford these electric cars? And and it's, it's. it's just absolute and, and mind blowing to me. And Colleen, eighty nine years old, making a good point. Now, listen, if you want to start low, the Nissan Leaf starts at a little less than twenty eight thousand dollars. If you want to go high grade, Tesla Model S, about ninety five thousand dollars. What are people on fixed incomes going to do? What are we going to say to them? Nope, you can't drive. Well, as as Colleen pointed out, and I think she represents a lot of folks, can't afford, especially for those uh, in retirement on fixed incomes and such, not going to be able to afford an electric vehicle. This is just absolutely nuts. And uh, I don't mind looking forward 
to that, planning for that down the line, getting the technology ready, getting the power plant, getting the factories ready to manufacture the 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 uh, the batteries and such. But uh, the internal combustion engine, I don't think, should go anywhere. And I know. Governor Newsom wants to want them wants them out of the way by what what is it twenty thirty five? I think this is just absolutely ridiculous. What do you think? Our phone number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three, and we'll take some more calls about that. A couple of you holding here, uh, we'll take your calls in five minutes after the bottom of the hour, and we're going to hear. Uh, News, traffic, and weather. And after that, again, we'll take your calls at 209-551-3483. Modesto City Schools is going to spend $15 million on 30 electric buses. So what do you think about that? You going to buy an electric car for 2035? Let's talk about it in five minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local Talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show again on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, we've been talking about electric vehicles. Of course, the governor's agenda is to uh, do away with the internal combustion engine and go all electric in terms of vehicles. What, by 2035, I think, is the date we've been talking about. The uh, Modesto School District saying that they want to uh, buy 30 electric school buses at a cost of 15 million dollars and we're we're just getting your comments on electric vehicles in general and the president saying okay you can save 80 bucks a month with an electric vehicle of course they started about $28,000 up to uh, 95,000 and more but what are a few shekels there amongst friends our number here 209-551-3483 209-551-3483. Back to the phones we go. And let's talk to uh, Matt from Stockton. Matt, your your opinion on electric vehicles and their batteries. Yeah, hi, Mike. I just wanted to uh, give you some insight on the electric cars. Um, what most people don't know or understand is that the batteries of those vehicles have a shelf life. Uh, the lower end ones, from what I understand, all the research that I've done, um, like, say, a Nissan Leaf or something like that, uh, they only have a shelf life or, or a warranty about 100,000 miles or so, depending on uh, your driving conditions. I mean, I myself, I commute. I commute a long way, and I've done a lot of research on this uh, to see what is more efficient. And uh, an electric car is going to cost me a lot more. Over the span of eight or ten years, I'd have to I'd have to get uh, two or three more batteries, uh, you know, to uh, replenish. You know, after you know, I put forty thousand miles a year on a vehicle, and uh, you know that uh, <laughs> battery is not even going to last me two years to where 
I'm going to need a new one. And they start. The lower-end batteries are between $12,000 and $15,000 up from yeah. there. Uh, talk to a Tesla guy. A high-end battery for a Tesla uh, would be something that I would need would be upwards of $25,000 for the battery. So, no, we're not there yet. Not not even, not even close. Yeah. And and I think, Matt, I think that's the point here is we're not prepared for this. As usual, it's, uh, I believe it's a political move. It's garnered, uh, trying to garner votes, trying to uh, garner uh, donations, contributions for elections and such. <clears throat> Not a lot of common sense here. And, and you're absolutely right, and thank you for bringing that up. The issue about the replacement of the batteries and the cost is astounding when you begin to think of it. Matt, thanks for doing <laughs> Thanks for bringing that research to us. Appreciate that very much. Matt from Stockton uh, pointing out those batteries have a shelf life. He says about 100,000 miles could cost you 12,000 to 15,000 to replace them in a Tesla up to $25,000 to replace the batteries. Unbelievable. Well, let's continue our discussion about electric vehicles and such. Your concerns about them. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. And let's go to Riverbank and Manuel. Uh, what do you think about this situation with the electric vehicles? One thing I haven't heard anyone mention is what is it going to do to our power grid? You got Gavin Newsom already warning people that we're going to have rolling blackouts in the summer and this and that and, you know, ration your energy. What's going to happen if everyone has an electric car? It will blow the power grid. We don't have the power for that. Absolutely. Already saying, I mean, look at our energy bill for crying out loud. It's already doubled. So who knows what's going to take to charge your car? Are they going to tell you you can only charge your car a certain day because you don't want to overload the power grid? Or I mean, no one's mentioning that. Well, and I can see, do I don't think? know about you, Manuel, what, what power company you have. Uh, I'm, I'm with PG&E. And I can just imagine what my rates <laughs> what my rates will do if I have to have a, a install a charging unit and then B, charge an electric car. Uh, they're already absurd, and they're going to get uh, mega absurd, yep. I would think. Great point, Manuel. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. You bet. All right, Manuel right. from Riverbank reminding us uh, of the uh, the add-ons, so to speak, the added values, uh, the added dollars uh, to the electric vehicles, especially in terms of the power grid. How's the power grid going to hang on to that? Uh, unreal. Talking about electric vehicles, your concerns, 209-551-3483. Let's talk to Clayton and Tracy. Uh, Clayton, what do you think? Well, I was just curious if anybody mentioned the safety items that go along with electric cars. Yeah, what? Are you, what fill us in. Well, remember when you couldn't fly with a Samsung phone because the battery would catch fire? Or fear of a catching fire? Uh, yes. Well, the battery in a Tesla or in a Prius has got about twice, well, 200 times the potential of one of those cell phone batteries. There's been at least three deaths in Alameda County attributed to electric cars being involved in accidents on the freeway. And uh, by the time fire could get there and extricate the person who was still alive, they burned to death. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, good, so good you got point. The average person's probably going to charge their, yeah, and you got the average person's going to charge their Tesla in their garage. 
and in most places, uh, most of the kids' bedrooms are right above the garage. So if you talk to fire firefighters, they'll tell you that a lot of the fires that they put out with electric cars uh, are about the time that they're being charged. So if you've got your car in the garage being charged overnight and your kids are sleeping above, um, those batteries are pretty dangerous. Absolutely. And uh, the, the other concern I would have, Clayton, uh, along your line of thinking is if, uh, you know, folks go uh, on a trip and that's left unattended or, or whatever, certainly the, uh, the, the danger, the safety issue increases. Good point. Safety issues. Clayton Tracy from Tracy. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call very much. Uh, good, good, good point. Good thoughts here. Talking about electric vehicles and your concerns, area code 209-551-3483. Let's go uh, to Modesto, where the school district is thinking about buying 30 electric school buses to the tune of $15 million. To Modesto we go. And Jerry, Jerry, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are when they say green cars, we all have to remember about green energy. And we've already got to see things about rationing electricity in our homes because we're only going to have that 25%. We're going to lose all our natural gas, all our, you know, even uh, hydroelectric is not considered green. And they want to ration electricity. They want to ration water because of the drought, then rationing gasoline because of the prices going up. So eventually they want total control of everything that we use that we have, you know, we have produced ourselves. But green cars cannot be uh, manufactured and have enough electricity to charge them. Absolutely. And, and the cost, Jerry, of producing those batteries can be astronomical. And again, right now we have... Uh, what, four plants in the United States of America, and uh, China has uh, upwards of 90, 94, I think, uh, was was the number. Uh, it just It's unreasonable to put these restrictions on now. Uh, build towards it? Right. Sure. Build towards it. Improve the technology. As uh, the previous caller, Clayton, mentioned, pro- improve the safety issues okay, we can get there. But right now, this is, uh, I think, a, a fool's errand. And I think it's uh, political and not uh, not not practical. So, Jerry, thanks for your reminders uh, about that as well. Appreciate that. What, By the way, you're in, uh, in Modesto. What do you think of the school district paying uh, or looking at paying $15 million for 30 electric school buses? Well, you wonder how much of that is to pay for the product and how much of that is to pay for the thinking. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we've got people without minds doing thinking. Th- this is true. So they're handicapped more ways than one. Yeah, the, the, the thinking is, uh, is, is faulty. Not just a faulty circuit regarding the whole electric thing, but uh, faulty thinking, I think, as well. Jerry, thanks so much for the call. Jerry from Modesto talking about uh, electric cars and electric buses. Is that, is that really going to save? I mean, talk about it's going to save, help save California. Do you think electric buses will help save California? 
209-551-3483. Let's go up the road a piece to Stockton. And, Sean, Sean, what do you think about that? Uh, I just have a a comment, basically. Um, Why not uh, have all the state vehicles, all the local city vehicles, all the other, you know, Lodi or the Unified School District, stuff like that, purchase all these uh, uh, electric vehicles, and then let's see if it's economical down the road, if it's a good idea or not. I like it. I like let's it. Put it back on the government, you know, not 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 on Joe Blow and and mom and pops and stuff like that. You know, let's let's let the government see if it's economical for them, and if it's not, then you know, it's not such a feel good thing for them, anyways. Yeah, Sean, I, I I like your I like your thinking there. Of course, the the only downside I see with that, and and I think you and I can probably anticipate that the costs are going to be uh, astronomical, probably. And who winds up paying for that? You you and me. However, I I like the I like the substance of your theory. Hey, government, uh, take your own medicine. You drive them for a while. Uh, you go in pursuit of a suspect in an electric police vehicle and uh, see how that works out. Or uh, how about uh, if uh, you're a fire battalion chief and you need to respond on mutual aid to uh, a county a couple counties away? How's that going to work? Good thinking, Sean. Thanks for the call. All right. Appreciate that very much. Sean from Stockton giving us a reality check on on some of this government. You want to do it? You do it first. Let's see how it works out. I like it, Sean. I like it. I like the thought. The other thing I like is help when it comes to selling real estate. Lori and I had to sell my father-in-law's property a couple of years ago after he ascended uh, into heaven. And I'm telling you, it, it was a not a, not just a chore. It was a pain in the posterior. And so when it comes to selling your home these days, I am happy to recommend an expert that can help. I wish I had known Dan Phipps a couple of years ago when we were selling my father-in-law's house. Uh, good reasons right now to sell, by the way. Prices are going up. Inventory's low. The future interest rates, eh, uncertain. Maybe now's the time to do it. With rapidly changing home prices, are you worried about leaving money on the table? Listen, call the agent I trust. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan has a proprietary marketing system. Here's here's the deal. He guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No long-term contracts. No costly repairs. You pick your move date. And Dan can even help find you a new home before you move. Warren in Modesto has a lot to say about that. He had a rental house in Modesto but was ready to take advantage of the hot market and cash out. His priority, top priority, was getting the highest price he could but he didn't want to inconvenience his tenant or spend a lot of money fixing up the house. Tall order, but Dan was up to it. Dan Phipps met the challenge. Dan sold Warren's home for thousands more than updated houses nearby. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. Dan is the man I would hire to sell my home. 
He's the only agent. Guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or he'll sell it for free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three P's, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And the Mike Douglas Show will continue in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation right now. Those conversations centering around electric vehicles. Our conversation started with uh, the news that Modesto City Schools looking at buying 30 electric school buses to the tune of $15 million. And uh, we've had some great thoughts about electric vehicles. I applaud you for uh, your your research and your depth of knowledge on these subjects. So much appreciate you calling in. Our number here, 209-551-3483, as we uh, continue to talk about electric vehicles. And uh, Chris in Modesto has some thoughts about uh, some of the ancillary issues regarding electric vehicles. Chris, it's all yours. What do you think? Well, you know, just um, it's supposed to be new green deal. It's supposed to make everything safe for the planet and body da da da. But when you look at the destruction when they go for the cobalt and all the other stuff, they gotta tear out of Mother Earth to to make those batteries. I mean, it's just leaving gaping scars that are that are, that are horrible. I mean, it's really destroying the Earth, and, and yet they want to talk about how. It's all the better the earth, and you know politicians and their families, they got money somewhere in in the mining for the stuff that you need to extract out of the earth to make those batteries. So we're going to, you know, it's just sad nobody's really doing the real research, and, and people are just buying into how it's going to be great for planet earth, when in fact it's really screwing up the earth big time. Yeah, Chris, they're they're certainly not giving us uh, the rest of the story, so to speak. A great point about that. And I find it interesting. Yesterday, we were talking about the fact that our uh, California Attorney General, Rob Bonta, has 12 environmental justice attorneys strictly, yeah, strictly (laughs) devoted to. So I guess, Chris, my question is, are they looking at this? How come they're not looking at your issue here about the mining issues and, and what that does to our land? Where Where's the environmental justice when it comes to uh, the, the earth they're trying to preserve and what they need to do to it in order to make those batteries? Chris, that was brilliant. That, well, you know, great it's point. It's all, it's all about greed. And, you know, you know, politicians and their family got their hands somewhere in what's going on. I'm sorry to say... Uh, we have we don't have civil servants. We have people that are just banking off the backs of ordinary people, and and they're really messing everything up. And it's I worry about my children, our yeah. children, and uh, yes. what they're going to be left. But yeah, I was just it just blows my mind that they want to say it's you know all to keep the world green, but yet they're they're just tearing up the earth, getting all the stuff they need to make those batteries, and it's not that environmental friendly like they try to say it is. 
Chris, excellent point. Thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate that. Chris Chris from Modesto making a, a really good point there. And again, I'm, I'm wondering, what, are these 12 environmental justice attorneys in the California Attorney General's office, Rob Bonta's office, are, are they looking at these issues? Uh, we, we're not hearing the downsides of this. And uh, so many of you have brought up a lot of the ancillary issues that we don't hear uh, the governor talking about. We don't hear the electric vehicle advocates talking about. Uh, We don't hear the national media, the mainstream media talking about it. But we are here, and that's that's why we're committed to being live and local. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, and again, our, our thanks to iHeartMedia that we now have two hours to explore these issues, and uh, I'm just so uh, grateful uh, to iHeart for that and grateful for uh, your comments as well as uh, as we take a look at these issues. You know, one of the values of these discussions, live discussions on air with you, is we are able to take an issue and look at it like a, a jewel with many facets. Uh, we, we can turn it this way and that way, and and you're you're so good at bringing up uh, these uh, these other issues. Um, Dennis from Lagrange, I've uh, got about thirty seconds, my friend. Uh, what what do you think? Real quick, uh, green, huh? How about all those batteries that are worn out and the sulfuric acid in them? Yes. What are they going to do about that? There's hardly anything worse than that. I think firefighter touched on it before. If you ever read anything about batteries catching fire, it is one big, huge problem. That's my comment. It, it is, Dennis. And again, you bring up one of those issues that aren't talked about. What about uh, the cost of disposal? And, and, and Dennis, if you think about it, think, and, and I'm sure you know, in fact, I'm 99.99999% sure that you know the cost of having to haul away hazardous materials. And I'm I'm <laughs> right. So uh, so I'm thinking that they're going to get hit with the disposal fees and all of a sudden say, "Uh-oh, hadn't anticipated that." And guess who's going to have to pay for that, Dennis? Yes, sir. Exactly. Yep. I do know because I try to get rid of hazardous materials properly, and it's a very difficult thing. I'm sure you know, too. I uh, I am well aware of that. It's uh, un- unreasonable and unreal. Dennis, thanks for the call, bringing up uh, another great point about disposal, and that's not environmentally friendly at all. And it's costly, too. All right, the discussions will continue after the top of the hour. We have news, weather, and traffic coming up. And uh, the Mike Douglas Show will follow that in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on uh, Thursday, the last day of March 2022. Good night. How did we get to the end of March already? It's hard to believe. You look at what's happened in our nation since the beginning of January. Isn't it astounding? It's like we've 
like we've been on a fast track horror movie in some ways. And uh, I, I just, uh, as I'm thinking about a lot of the headlines we're looking at today, and as we're uh, talking about uh, what's important in terms of uh, saving the earth and being environmentally friendly and such, I think one of the most important priorities we need to have in uh, in California and in the United States of America is building strong families and protecting our children from damage. Protecting our children from damage. Now, here's a headline. Just pick this up, coming out of several news sources now. Apparently, the Biden administration has released a series of documents that encourage gender reassignment surgery and hormone treatments for minors. Yep, the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Population Affairs. Did you know there was an Office of Population Affairs? OPA, Office of Population Affairs, released a document today titled Gender Affirming Care and Young People. And then the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration National Child Traumatic Stress Network, that's also a part of uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, re- uh, released uh, another document along the same lines entitled Gender Affirming Care is Trauma-Informed Care. And it, these documents apparently describe appropriate treatments in the Biden administration's opinion for transgender adolescents, including top surgery to create male typical chest shapes or to enhance breasts and bottom surgery, surgery on genitals or reproductive organs, facial feminization or other procedures. This is for minors, my friends. This is coming out of the Biden administration. November 2022 is coming up, followed by November of 2024. Keep notes on these. Let's see what one of these, a quote from one of these releases. Medical and psychosocial gender affirming healthcare practices have been demonstrated to yield lower rates of adverse mental health outcomes, build self-esteem, and improve over-quality of life for transgender and gender-diverse youth. For transgender and non-binary children, I'm getting tired of these terms, by the way. This is all smoke and mirrors. Early gender-affirming care is crucial to overall health and well-being as it allows the child or adolescent to focus on social transitions and can increase their confidence while navigating the healthcare system. It may include evidence-based interventions such as puberty blockers and gender-affirming hormones. This is our president's administration. Department of Health and Human Services, my friends recommending affirming that minors be allowed to decide that they want to change their gender. And that despite what the parents may think, 
that the United States of America's healthcare system needs to make sure that those children can pursue their disability. What what's the age for buying cigarettes? Is it eighteen or twenty one? Was it eighteen? What about alcohol? Twenty one, right? All right. So we put we put chokes on how old you have to be to buy cigarettes, and we put chokes on how old you have to be to buy alcohol. But by golly, if if you're a, a five or six or seven year old and you decide that you don't want male genitalia anymore why the united states of america is gonna come to the rescue even if your parents don't like it and make sure that you can have that gender changing surgery does this bother you at all Our number here, 209-551-3483. I thought that perhaps in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C., that they might dance around this issue, that uh, they might uh, obscure it, and they might do their smoke and mirrors things. But these documents, I'm looking at uh, the two documents that uh, that, that were released, gender-affirming care and young people. And uh, gender-affirming care is a supportive form of health care for transgender and non-binary children. By the way, I'm I'm sure you know, non-binary in the woke dialect describes a person who does not identify with the man or woman gender binary. Okay, so perhaps if you're an alien from the planet Zarkon, where they may not have male or females, you are okay with that. I am not. And this comes back to my worldview, I guess. I don't know how yours aligns up, but I'll give you mine. God created male and female for his purposes. And he assigned them roles with each other to complement each other. God did not create, I don't know what I am. God did not create transgender folks. Now, if adults want to make that choice, fine and dandy. That's up to you. But don't make it part of the healthcare system for minors. I am absolutely, I I was going to say shocked. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not. And this to me is not about being a Republican or a Democrat or a conservative or a liberal. It's about destroying our society. And the way you destroy a society is you mess up the minds of children. If you can get to the children and confuse them sufficiently enough, then you can start to mold the children into the molds you want them to have, the perspectives that you want them to have. And we evil parents should have nothing to do with it. I, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And again, I'm coming at it from a 
pastor's worldview that said God created male and female. Well, you're you're homophobic. You hate people who are transgender and homosexual. No, I don't hate them. You see, and that's part of the lie. All of this involves deception. And to me, it's 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 part that there are two major forces in our world and our universe. To me, from my perspective, my worldview, there's God, and then there's the enemy of God. Call him what you want. Satan, the devil, the ugly dude, use whatever you want. But that good versus evil is always, there's always a war going on. And right now the war is over our children. And my friends, we need to stop it in the United States of America and not contribute to what I believe is child abuse. You let a child that young decide that he or she doesn't want to be a he, he wants to be a she, or the child who's a she wants to be a he, or the she or he decides, I don't want to be a she or he. To me, that's child abuse. That is destroying the natural development of a child's brain. And to me, it's child abuse of the worst kind because it's psychological child abuse. And it also involves physical child abuse. I'm going to take a couple of minutes here and calm down. We'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Sutton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So the Biden administration, his uh, Department of Health and Human Services, is advocating, uh, supporting uh, young children, young children, and as adolescents, uh, affirming their decisions to either change their gender or to not have a gender. And this is uh, now come out in, in two documents that have come out from the Biden administration. All right, folks out there, I know there are some of you out there. Everything is Trump's fault. This is not Donald Trump's fault. This is all Joe Biden and his administration. This is his administration. Do not come to me and say, well, it was was Donald Trump's fault. No, this is 100% Joe Biden and his administration. Do you you support this? Is there anyone who says, "I I, I don't support this? Are we afraid to stand up? Let me let me draw. Let me give you a, a few quotes here from one of the documents that Joe Biden's administration has released through uh, the uh, Health and Human Services uh, Department. They talk about uh, gender affirming care and young people. So they they have three uh, four columns: affirming care. What is it? A description of what the affirming care is, 
when it is used, what age, and then whether it's reversible or not. Now, let me, there's one, two, three, four. There's four of these. Uh, let me discuss these with you. Social affirmation to them is important, an important part of affirming care. What does that mean? To them, it means adopting gender-affirming hairstyles, clothing, name, gender pronouns, and restrooms and other facilities. When can that be used? At any age or stage. In other words, so a child in school at any age may decide that he or she can use somebody else's restroom if they feel like it. Is it reversible? They say yes. I say Maybe not when you consider the psychological trauma that is being foisted upon our children by the Biden administration's Health and Human Services Department. This is absolutely absurd. And what about the trauma that occurs when there are girls in the girls' restroom and some dude decides he's identifying as a woman that day, walks in there with his stuff hanging out? What about the trauma that the girls undergo? Is that reversible? Good night. Bunch of lies. It's deceit. It's deception. This is, if there's... No other reason to get rid of the Biden administration and to vote in 2022 and 2024. This now moved to the top, moves to the top of my list. What about puberty blockers? They are used, uh, they say, uh, certain types of hormones to pause pubertal development. When can it be used? Well, obviously during puberty. They say it's reversible. Well, maybe it's physically reversible. I doubt it's psychologically reversible. Hormone therapy. Uh, therapy. What's that? They explain it. Testosterone hormones for those who were assigned female at birth. No, I'm sorry. We are not assigned female or male at birth. We are born male or female at birth. What a bunch of nutcases in Washington, D.C. I'm sorry. I'm running out of grace. I know as a pastor I'm supposed to have grace. My grace tank has run out. I'm running on empty, my friends. And then the other thing regarding hormone therapy is estrogen hormones for those who were assigned male at birth. No, I'm sorry, Biden administration. They weren't assigned male at birth. They are male at birth. They are male or they are female at birth. It's not about what they're assigned. And apparently they're saying, well, testosterone or testosterone or estrogen therapy can be used early adolescence onward. And they say it's partially reversible. What do you mean partially reversible? What if the kid decides, oh, I made a mistake. Looks like they're going to have to live physically with that decision for the rest of their life. What do you mean it's partially reversible? Here's the next one. (sighs) Gender-affirming surgeries, top surgery to create male-typical chest shape or to enhance breasts. Producer Mike, I I am so wrapped around the axle here. Have I done the uh, quarter-hour break here? Let me know if I'm... I'm, I may have blown that, but 
All right. We're, we're just going to keep trucking here till the bottom of the hour. And I will, uh, I will have to, uh, I will have to, uh, kneel at the, at the throne of the great gods of radio and apologize if I miss the cue. Gender-affirming surgeries. Top surgery is to create male-typical chest shapes or to enhance breasts. Bottom surgery is surgery on genitals or reproductive organs. Facial feminization or other procedures used in adulthood or case-by-case in adolescence. It is not reversible. It is not reversible. Holy smoke. Let's take a break. Mike Douglas here, coming back. Power Talk 1360. Well, bottom of, okay. Uh, Let's go ahead and take the break now. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I'll be back in three minutes. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, I'm, I'm flummoxed. I'm running out of adjectives and such to describe my disgust. Uh, my anger, my frustration at the Biden White House advocating this type of child abuse. This is just absolutely unreal. Again, uh, documents being released by uh, the uh, Department of Health and Human Services uh, and and their Office of Population Affairs releasing documents uh, titled Gender Affirming Care and Young People, and another one, Gender Affirming Care is Trauma Informed Care. And uh, basically, it's calling, um, well, it's, it's affirming gender changing uh, therapies, uh, surgeries, hormone treatments for adolescents and young children. And uh, <laughs> We talk about how to destroy a society, my friends. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. You take out the children. You take out the children. And then you got them and you control everything from there. Our number here, 209-551-3483. No more coffee for me today. Uh, that This news got me amped up 209-551-3483 let's go to uh oakdale and uh kathleen welcome to the show today kathleen what do you think about all this well i think that when uh you don't have the male junk that it's real easy to say you want to be a male and that when you don't have the uh female junk it's real easy to say you want to be a female and that these uh children um should just kind of be have their energies uh, redirected and and they should be put in a better place. They're not in a good place when they sit there and say, you know, they're not enthusiastic about being their biological self. That's not a good place to be in. And, and it's just uh, really a matter of, of the American Medical Association 
to me, it's like backing off of their snake oil science, but uh, it's to allow people to go ahead and use the powers of the earth to be healthier. And um, and so that's when when people are using the powers of earth and they're they're being all the female they can be and all the male they can be. And that's what, by the way, is what the definition of a woman is, the female gender or the female member, actually, the female member of the human being, and then the man is the male member of the human being, and that's what I was raised on. And, Ka- uh, Kathleen, let me so let a me male member and a female member. Let, let me drill down a, a little bit into this issue, and uh, I don't know if if you have children or not, uh, but let, let's just say that you are the parent of a five-year-old girl. And your five-year-old girl at school tells her teacher, I think I want to be a boy. And without your consent, then the whole system kicks in to help your daughter uh, become a boy. How do you react to that? What, What does that do to you as a parent? I don't know because, I mean, what I am a parent, and when my my son is is uh, you know uh, very much an adult now, and um, anyway, when he was in fifth grade summer school, he took a speech class, and uh, that uh, speech teacher, it turned out, was actually. Uh, doing a a torture technique on his elbow, dislocating his elbow to force my son to go to that speech class as what it all came out in the end. And and then that teacher ended up getting uh, removed and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, how did I respond to that? I mean, I I just about got beat. I got my own elbow uh, tortured by the same teacher and I got in this uh, yelling match outside the classroom and the police came and they would not respond at the time, but eventually, slowly but surely, they uh, did get the uh, teacher removed from the school and and out of the state. And um, um, but I mean, the school system allowed that to to take place and go on and, and put on that whole charade that went on to get me there to that speech class and have that confrontation with that teacher. I mean, it was. So it was. It really was just as appalling to me yeah. as this 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 thing that you po- pose as this uh, this uh, with the five year old girl and the teachers just going away, taking well, her and, away, and yeah, and and, and I think Kathleen, <laughs> what what you're affirming is what we've been talking about, and that is the government or the school system has no business taking over the role of a parent. Kathleen, th- and thanks uh, for being transparent and sharing your story as well. Uh, sounds sounds horrendous, but we appreciate you uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Our number here, 209-551-3483. For those of you old enough to remember him, this discussion today, I'm, I'm expecting Rod Serling to <laughs> come around the corner. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone in some ways, and yet we've seen this building. We've seen this building, haven't we? Uh, th- this this is not a surprise. 
it, what I'm surprised about is that the Biden administration now is being so bold about this, being so bold about it. And so, again, I think what it takes, and we've seen this uh, across the, uh, the nation, is for parents to stand up and say, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, uh, we don't agree with this policy, and we're not going to have it in our school district. And uh, parents, uh, we, we need to stand up. We need to take uh, ownership of these issues. And it starts at the local level, being involved at whatever level you can be involved in. And uh, come November 2022, taking all the information that you receive from this show and other outlets that you consider, put that all together. Mush it up. Mix it up. Mash it up. Put it all together. Look at all the different facets of it, and then you make your decision. I don't tell you what to do. I don't have to because you're intelligent and you make your own decision. Well, let's continue the conversation uh, about this. 209-551-3483. Let's go to back to Modesto and Kyle. Kyle, what are your thoughts about this today? Well, sir, I have your program on in the background, and I had the uh, I have the Channel Three Television News on, and as I'm listening to your program, I notice that there's the uh, rainbow flag, and it's some type of an LGBTQ who knows what day, and they had a person representing a what looked to be a female, but as you listen, it was a male, but evidently, Amy Schneider, the first trans the big winner on Jeopardy as of about a month ago. She was welcome to the White House today. And even though our president was unable to meet with him or her because of he was so busy with other meetings, uh, she was able, or he was, whatever, that person was able to meet with uh, Doug Imhoff, the vice president's husband. So just warm and fuzzies that uh, the trans are at the White House today. Just real happy for that. That's my only comment, and I enjoy your program. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Kyle, thanks for calling. Thanks for being a listener. Uh, We we appreciate that more than you know. Uh, Kyle from Modesto. Yeah, today is Transgender Day of Visibility, and uh, President Biden first recognized that a year ago. The White House saying transgender people are some of the bravest people in our nation, but nobody should have to be brave just to be themselves. You see, part of the deception in this conversation is... If we say, why are we having a transgender day? Then the reply comes back to put us on the defensive. Well, you hate transgender people. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. I, I want the best for everyone. I, the, my past 25 years in vocational ministry and the sacrifices involved in that have all been about reaching out to people that may not have anything in common with me at all, and in some way I'm hoping to reflect the love, grace, and mercy of Christ to other people in a godly way and not be hateful. You see, and so when 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 the reply comes back to put us on the defense, oh, you, you hate transgender people. Nope, don't. I don't. They're, a human, they're human beings, and I wish the best for them. I, I don't wish that we encourage and facilitate children who, uh, who can't buy cigarettes yet, uh, can't vote yet, can't buy a beer yet, can't go to war yet, encouraging those children to uh, change their gender and, and to provide the surgical means necessary to do that. 
this is just absolutely incredibly outrageous. And uh, again, I encourage you to think it, think it through. This is no longer a what if. This is no longer, oh, Mike, you're just listening to one news source and it's calling. No, this is, this is out, in, out in the open now. We have the documents from the White House to show us their positions. This is very clear now. It is, it is not foggy. It is not being misinterpreted. I've got it in black and white. I've got them right in front of me. I have these documents that were put out uh, by the Department of Health and Human Services today or the last day or two. And uh, so, again, put that into your mix for the next election and vote. Vote your conscience. Vote your gut. I would encourage you not to vote Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever it might be. Take a look at the issues and vote your conscience. What do you feel, what do you feel in your gut about these issues? In your gut, do you think it's right for the government to facilitate gender transforming surgeries for minor children? Really? No. U.S. government, California, we as parents, we as parents need to be given full authority over our children. You do not. And uh, again, and so speaking about, and we, you, and when you might say, ah, my vote doesn't count, Mike. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. My opinion doesn't count, Mike. I'm lost in the noise. Your opinion counts. That's why we have this program. That's why we have this show. That's why I do what I do to make sure I'm here, if at all possible, two hours a day, Monday through Friday, so that we can have the conversation. It's not to entertain myself. It's not to become a grandiose radio personality. I couldn't care less about that. What I care about is connecting with you and bringing these issues to the fore and discussing them in reasonable and rational ways so that that through our iron sharpening iron, through the marketplace of ideas, we can form our own opinions about it. And I have the liberty, and I thank iHeartMedia for this, I have the liberty to express my opinions and to choose the topics. And with that freedom, it's a joy to meet with you every day. And, and some of you disagree with me. That's fine. Sometimes I learn something from you. I find a nugget in your disagreement that helps me refine either what I believe or perhaps change my perspective. Coming up in 2022, November 2022, there are some critical elections for district attorneys and sheriffs. I'm going to go over that with you in uh, just a couple of moments. Before I do that, let me uh, let me take a call here on our phone line, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. John from Modesto, what's on your heart, my friend? What I'm, what I just want to say that children have enough on their on their plate growing up with all the things that are happening and and you just why can't we just let them be children and let them decide which way they want to go instead of having all this bs that comes in from different directions 
and and let them be just children. I remember when I was growing up, I didn't have all that pressure, and I I just played and had a good time, played with my friends. But you start teaching them all this garbage. Excuse the language, if that's you know. But uh, I I just I'm just fed up with this. Uh, John, you're you're this uh, liberal teaching. Yeah, th- thank you so much because you're you're bringing another facet to this, another aspect. And e- each of the callers today, very interesting, has has brought another facet of this. Uh, John, great great call. Thank you for uh, thank you for your comments, uh, John. I believe a voice of reason, reflecting. I think what a lot of us think, and and one of John's themes here he was talking about is we are robbing children of their childhood, and to me. That's child abuse. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, In the time that we have left till the top of the hour, a couple of things for you. Uh, Happening in Sacramento, uh, my opinion, uh, two things I'm, I'm pleased to see. One is a bill that would have required parents to tell schools if they own guns failed during a committee vote, believe it or not. The bill only received two votes in the seven-member panel. I'm surprised at that. Uh, it was uh, The bill was sponsored by Senator Anthony Portantino. He said his bill can help prevent mass shootings and other tragedies. Well, uh, I think that bill was a slippery, slippery slope, and apparently some other people did too. He says a better approach is to address mental health. Uh, one senator said it would be better to address mental health. I agree. Uh, the, will, the bill would have made parents with a public or charter school uh, with their student there to disclose once a year if they have any firearms at home, describe how they store them and how the student can access them. None of your business, school district, in my, in my opinion. And then uh, Senate Bill 871, which was uh, or is sponsored by State Senator Richard Pan, would eliminate the personal belief exemption uh, allowed for K-12 students. Now, that bill really has kind of been uh, rotting away since late February. It's not scheduled for a hearing. And apparently they're saying even those uh, in the middle of this issue are wary. Uh, Here's a a quote from Kevin Gordon, who is a lobbyist for school districts. He says, there's plenty of Democrats who are uncomfortable with it. I've talked privately to Democrats who say they are not going to vote for it. Uh, so, uh, again, why is it that the, the attack, the government is attacking students and, and, and taking away parents' rights? Well, it's a rhetorical question and I'll let you, uh, 
I'll let you think about that. Uh, by the way, coming up in 20, uh, November 2022, uh, a couple of counties covered by our radio signal here, and, and many of you who call in from those counties, here are some critical races coming up for district attorneys and for sheriffs. Uh, Alameda County, you've got four DA candidates and one, two, three, four sheriff candidates as well. Gregory Ahern is the uh, existing sheriff. So Alameda, you've got a lot to choose from. And my encouragement, choose wisely. Choose wisely. Uh, Let's take a look uh, at some other uh, Contra Costa County. uh, Three candidates for DA, two for uh, sheriff. And let's see what else is near uh, Madera. Uh, County, you've got uh, two folks running for sheriff, Ruben Mendoza, and the incumbent is Tyson Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. Uh, Merced, down the freeway a bit. Uh, you have two people running for DA down there, Kimberly Helms Lewis, uh, who is the current DA, and Nicole Agribright Silvera. And let's see, any other uh, major races in our area? A lot, uh, a lot in Southern California. Uh, San Joaquin County, uh, you have, this is interesting, uh, uh, two candidates for DA, uh, Tori Verber-Salazar, who we've had on the program uh, quite a while ago. Uh, she is the incumbent DA. Ron Frietas is uh, running against her. So do you see how important this is? Just absolutely important to pay attention to what's going on and to research these races. Find out where these people stand on the issues. By the way, as we um, as we uh, gear down here, we we downshift a bit, heading to the top of the hour. Uh, any other thoughts about the whole issue with the Academy Awards and Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? I um, now now they're saying that. Uh, you know, Will Smith has had some anger issues in the past. I don't know. I've got to be very honest with you. I'm tired of it. I think the incident is is what it was. Uh, I, again, I respect Will Smith. I think he's a great actor. I love uh, not every movie, but a lot of his movies. And I, I just think this was a career-destroying issue. Uh, there are some saying, well, maybe he planned to be disruptive in some way. Well, that that makes it even worse. I, I think the, the problem is that he had the opportunity to just ride with it. And just to clarify, because I've gotten some questions about it, his wife did not star in G.I. Jane. I don't remember how many years ago that was. But the point is that G.I. Jane in the original movie had a bald head uh, because of the training she was going through and such. And so when Chris Rock made a reference to Will Smith's wife, uh, he was referring to the fact that she uh, has uh, alpecia. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Uh, this uh, disease where your hair falls out. Was it a great joke? Probably not. But Chris Rock is a comedian. That's what comedians do in these types of circumstances. They make jokes about people. That's the part and parcel of it. And uh, so for for Will Smith to react that way, again, Chris Rock was making the reference to G.I. Jane being bald and uh, perhaps Will Smith's wife starring in G.I. Jane 2. That was the whole issue. 
involved here. And again, as people were looking at it, originally Will Smith looks like he was laughing at it and then looked at his wife, uh, who wasn't laughing at it, and decided, hmm, I need to uh, I need to respond to this in a very unhealthy way. Uh, the academy is looking at disciplining him. Uh, what's the academy going to do? What kind of discipline would there be for that? I don't know. But uh, listen, celebrities, let's get reasonable. Let's act like mature adults. Well, you're mature adults. That's why I enjoy talking to you. I'm going to enjoy talking to you again tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Trevor Carey coming up. (laughs) 